live at the 400 Rabbits Patio Bar at the Slaughter Lane Alamo Drafthouse. Approaching Critical Sass is a podcast by Jesse Mundy and Adam Sully Sullivan, a couple of comedians who work at an Alamo Drafthouse and occasionally invite another local Austin comedian to watch and discuss a current feature. This time, the movie is Spectre, and our guest, the very funny Bob Cosrobi. I thought maybe we could uh, start off by uh, naming off our favorite bond and uh, why that's our favorite bond. I, I feel like everybody is... all the actors that have played them? Yeah, all, all the actors. I, I feel like everybody has a different opinion on the matter, kind of like if you ask somebody who their favorite Beatle is. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Honestly, it's... Harrison, right? That's the right answer. Yeah, hey, Harrison's yeah. the right answer. Uh, well, you know, this is the second time we've seen this movie. Sully, have you seen this movie before? Yeah, definitely. Okay, this is your second time as well? My third time, actually. Wow, yeah. okay, third. Okay. Are you a big Bond fan? I am. Um, it's one of those things I grew up with, definitely. Yeah. On you know, VHS collections and whatnot. Um, the first time I saw it, we saw like a pre-screening of it for employees. So I saw it so I could watch it before. Oh, that's where you saw it as well, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we could. Yeah, we both saw it. Second that's time, nice. I brought friends, and the third time was for this. Why don't you guys do that? Are you allowed to talk about the pre-screening? Well, that would be a fun thing, like a pre-screening podcast. Would be good. Possibly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Before anyone else has gotten to see it. I might be getting you in trouble. After, right? <laughs> no, no, I think cause as long as it's released oh, okay. afterwards or something. Yeah, well, like the, the idea I had here was that uh, we'd see it after it's been out a little while, so that uh, we're not spoiling it for anybody, right? Because if uh, if you haven't seen Spectre yet, you've messed up royally, like because we're going to be talking about it in detail. So, so what, let, let's start with Sully. You're a big, you're a big Bond, Bond fan too, Jesse. Yeah, I'm a huge Bond fan. So, what, what, who's your favorite Bond? I like Craig the most. He's the most overall, well-developed character. Okay. Uh, growing up, though, growing up though, before Craig, I was looking for. Oh, you're, okay, you're, you're, more. Yeah. you're, you're kidding right. me. No, no, wow. No. I think you and I talked about it before. We, we both... Go ahead. Who's oh, your favorite? Oh, uh, my, mine is Craig now. Okay. Uh, I, I agree. He's got the whole package. <laughs> but uh, like before that, it was, uh, it was Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, Which I was afraid to answer first because I thought that'd be a cop-out because I was going to say the same thing. I'm a big fan of Craig. I feel like he's the most realistic one. He brought it into the, I guess, the new... A decade without um, losing anything, but Sean Connery was also my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> which feels like a cop out, but for me, he was the he was the most Bond esque. Like he set the the exact mood and tone. Of yeah, kind of a smarmy and, British dude. And like it, it went, it went beyond just being the first one, you know, uh, to which everyone else measured up to. Because I I read all the novels, and the uh, the Bond from the books. Uh, Connery was the closest before Craig, and Craig just kind of nails the dangerous side of it like yeah. no one else has. Um, he comes across way more lethal than Connery does, but Connery comes across very calm, like no matter, nothing's gonna get, I'm gonna figure my way out of this. Yeah, yeah Craig's more like a like a wild animal. Yeah. Uh, everything, like it's funny how, how he mentioned uh, instinct all menacingly in the movie because it's how he acts on everything. Um, I, I'm a little 
interested to know why Moro is your favorite. That's kind of like your favorite beetle being Ringo. Right? <laughs> Look, I love Octopus's Garden forever and ever. But uh, the thing about Moro was when I was growing up, like I was still, like Bronson was still coming out. Like, so everyone loved GoldenEye. That was yeah. a good movie. Yeah. But it was easily, just, it was easy to see that everything just kind of got worse and more ridiculous. With more, I feel like it was already pretty ridiculous. Oh yeah, those were almost lampoons. Oh yeah, the... exactly. Yeah, and they were just a lot more fun in a way. And like as a kid growing up, you're less cynical, and you just don't realize how ridiculous it is. Right, you have almost almost more fun. Yeah. I, I saw the more ones as when I was older, so pretty much was like, what what is this? This is ridiculous. This is just silly. Yeah. Maybe I should go back and watch them from that angle and just appreciate the fact that they're having a good time with it. It's it's about that time and they should be playing nonstop on Spike at this point. Yeah. <laughs> TNT Thanksgiving yeah. James Bond special. Um, but it's like watching the Connery ones as a kid, it's so much sixties pacing. It feels really slow, of course. It's like, oh watch James Bond arrive at the airport. Watch him check out his luggage. Watch him get in the car. Watch him drive to the location. And then with more it's a little bit of that, but it just seems like, oh, that seems more fun to be that James Bond than it does to be Connery. I see. That's what you're talking about. Uh, I saw the Connery ones on television, so they cut out a lot of the extra stuff. The pacing was much better. Maybe that's, I never appreciated it from that perspective. It's actually really slow. They had to make yeah. room for commercials, so all the extra stuff you didn't need to see. <laughs> I just saw the smooth James Bond that was just, you know, picking up ladies and dodging bullets. All the good bits. Yeah. None of the Bond ironing his jacket. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only right before he slept with somebody, right? Like right afterwards. So yeah. you were like, yeah, you just got to tidy up a bit. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, more probably my least favorite Bond. Uh, I, I'm even putting it, putting him below George Lazenby, which is kind of like... Like, if he's your favorite Bond, that's kind of like the original drummer of the Beatles being your favorite drummer. But, uh, you know, it, that was a pretty solid movie he was in. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't end in as he was. And, but, yeah, he's uh, he's my least favorite as well. And it's because he's the least interesting to watch on screen. Yeah, he, he was just, yeah, no life in that guy whatsoever. He was an Australian male model. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what they picked up? Pretty much. Apparently the story is he just like busts into the offices and it's like, he like busted up a stunt guy or something and just impressed them, loud them. He's like, oh, James Bond. And, and they were yeah, like, kid. They were like, like that is absolutely Bond. great. Can you do none of that in this movie? Just, uh, just stand there most of the time. Sometimes in the kill. I believe that Honor Majesty's Secret Service is the way that they're, they're heading the, uh, fit. Craig installment, the last Craig installment, by all accounts. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you've heard. Like he's, he's, he's apparently kind of tired of being Bond. So there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not he would actually be in another movie. But he's, he's pretty uh, contractually obligated to to do one more. I, I think about this movie that you know, jumping 
But it's not really a spoiler because all Bond films end the same way, right? This yeah. is the thing that fascinating about Bond. Every at the end of every Bond film I remember, there's that scene where he and the girl are together and he's convinced her that he's given up his life of mystery to spend time with her. It's, and then we assume by the time the next movie ends that like a month later he got bored and was like, I'm gonna go back to Oregon. Yeah. I'll see you uh, in Georgia Heating. Until this one, I don't, I don't remember because this one's the one where I was like, okay, this feels like it, like it could be the last Bryce Bond. Yeah, yeah, it it does, except for the like heavy-handed. This is an over uh, sequence with Blofeld staring, oh, oh, staring yeah. off into the pavement, like imagining what he's going to do in the next movie, uh, getting arrested, which you know won't hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, God. So should we jump into this movie? Because I feel like we're ready to talk about it. I yeah, mean, okay, I'm okay. listening to you guys because there's stuff I want to comment on, but I don't want to start at the end. Right, it's, it's right, right. So we need to we need to go more chronologically. I want to address something really quick about Craig like being tired of it. Yeah, I'm gonna read out this IMDb. Spectre, James Bond, World of Espionage, video game, Heineken's The Chase, 007, Superheroes Unite, Skyfall, Summer Olympic Games, James Bond, London 2000 Olympic. Opening ceremony, James Bond. Short movie, Cowboys and Aliens, Dream House, The Adventures of Tintin, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, James Bond supports International Women's Day short, <laughs> James Bond 007 Bloodstone, the video game, Goldeneye 007, the video game, Flashbacks of a Fool, Quantum of Solace, Quantum of Solace, the video game, Defiance, Invasion, The Golden Compass, Infamous, then Casino Royale. Okay. So pretty much half of that is all James Bond. Since it was yeah, 2006. Yeah, he's six. six. So yeah, he's, 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 he's within rights. He's within yeah. rights. I, I mean, and what he's uh, be uh, eleven years now. He's been going at it, and uh, especially since the time they started filming that uh, uh, Casino Royale. You're right. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, that's a good run. I, I'm surprised, but I, I wonder how the women felt the uh, International <laughs> Women's Day, like uh, having one of the premier symbols of womanizing uh, stand up for the day. It's <laughs> quite yeah. the endorsement. Yeah, that's a fun thing to read about. But I would love to look that up. You're right. Although I feel like this was, he's he's been a less womanizing bond than the other ones, right? Like. The other Bonds are very openly hitting oh, on the ladies. Where Craig is just like, I'm here and you're here. You're an adult. You want to sleep with me? That's cool. Like, it's a very... Sean Connery just... It's like, probably every movie yeah. slaps some woman around. Uh, yeah, they've gotten more progressive, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, starting with this picture. The Columbia picture lady. Look at Solid. Very progressive. <laughs> open just amazing. I love pretty much everything about it. Yeah. When we read the scene, it was in Mexico City, yeah. and it starts out with the Day of the Dead, and Bond is dressed the part. Yeah, yeah, like just just the the opening five minutes or whatever. It's probably got the nomination for costumes. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah it's unless so that's cool. what it looks like. Because now I really want to go to Mexico City and I, witness this. It, the whole the whole time I'm thinking, it, there's no way it's this cool, right? Like, yeah, it just, must have like. There has to be something. Yeah, agree. Did they go to be. on the day? 
no, you know what I'm saying? Honestly, like, that's what I'm talking about. I have no idea. I'm watching it. The first time I watched it, too, I was like, God, this looks incredible. This can't be what it's actually like. There's no way. They also made a, uh, a train depot in the middle of the desert look like an anthropology <laughs> photo shoot, you know. True. Uh, so I, I'm guessing it's nothing like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, wow, what a... Uh, yeah, when I first saw this sequence, uh, I wasn't even sure who Bond was supposed to be. Like, they stop on a dude, and I'm like, I'm guessing this is him. But it's such a good, it's so well done that you're like, it could not be him. It could just be some other villain. This I could be some mystery opening. I recognized his ears. Oh, really? Yeah. You picked it up? Yeah, uh, sticking out. Well, did you go back and watch previous man. movies before this one? No, I did it. I did it before we uh, watched it today. Okay. I went back and watched all the other Craig Bonds, but, but no, I just... Uh, I picked it out. I picked that the yeah. immediately. I love how the villain is dressed in that, like the white suit, like the little white vest and the red carnation. Yeah. It's like, oh, you look like a Bond fit. I guess you are. <laughs> yeah. But he's got the cane, he's a strut, and it's like, oh, some spy shit's about to go down. Yeah, and it's just immediately washed off. And it was a great scene where, yeah, they, it looks like it's going to be an obligatory love scene. And Cut camera fun. pans back over and he's ready for business. I actually, this is a, I wrote this to a note down about that scene because I thought it was hilarious. So he's full, full dress, Day of the Dead. Yeah. And then they cut away from him for a second and turn around and he's in like a nice blue suit, blue tie, just crawling out the window. She's like, "Where are you going?" Total Bond moment, but at the same time, I'm like, well, "What happened?" He's holding the Day of the Dead suit, which had a tie that was all skeleton, right? And I'm guessing it was all strap-on and Velcro? Like, he just yeah, ripped yeah, it off? Yeah, that was something I thought about, too. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why did you just leave him in the suit? Why did he have to just change into his fancy blue suit? Pretty much the answer to any question in this movie is well, because he's James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's Goldfinger. He, like, he comes into some place in a scuba like get up oh yeah and he like rips it off and he's got his he's got his tuxedo yeah oh the rose is uh is immaculate <laughs> this guy is perfect <laughs> i did love the story the, the my favorite part of this opening sequence what or not my favorite but one of my favorites was when he so he, he goes and he's over here and the dudes in that in the uh, house who talked about the pale king and like blowing up the stadium and then he inadvertently gives himself away with a laser pointer starts shooting people that hits the bomb, it explodes. That whole sequence where it falls on the building and he runs from it, and then he's jumping and trying to keep himself from, and then it ends with like the, the, the light picture breaking and he just lands on a couch. I love that moment because I feel like it tells you so much about his character. That's pure luck. He doesn't stop to think about it. If it was me, I would spend like a good five minutes on that couch. Like, holy shit, there was a couch here? I can't believe I survived. I almost had no. a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's oh, definitely God. something that happens throughout the crank ones. He's one of the luckiest men alive. Oh. I, I, and he's just accepted. He's just like, this is what it is. Of Gets course. And just why why, why wouldn't that have happened? I'm James Bond. Uh, I, I wondered... Uh, watching it through this time, the, the couch scene, which is a good laugh. Uh, I wondered if that was maybe, you know, he's getting tired of it, and so he's probably flexing a lot of muscles with the contract. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's something he had in his contract. Like, if I fall off of the building, there better be a couch. Yeah. <laughs> the writer's like, we can work with that. We don't want to mess up your suit, so yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the other guy is just bloody, like, comes yeah. out of the building. I, uh, yeah, I mean, like... Going back and watching Casino Royale, like that, uh, the scene in the beginning of that, the parkour chase scene, 
It's like there's there's nothing like the couch. He's he's getting beat up every time he jumps from one thing to the next, just getting hammered. And uh, that's something I've always liked about the Craig Bond is that he gets his ass kicked. It's like in the in the novels, Bond is turned to hamburger in almost every one. Like he gets he gets put through the ring, and and I I really like that about the Craig Bond. So, I mean, he gets he doesn't he gets, walk away on stage. Yeah, he gets yeah. super bloody. Yeah, I will say in this one, he doesn't really get bloody. Yeah, this was this uh, the one exception. I feel like every other Bond, he's he usually gets like in a fight. He's got glass in him or something. He's got to like clean himself up before he goes back out inside or something. This he's one, he's almost dies. I, I think we're kind of glazing over Quantum and Salas there a little bit in that respect. I. Like watching that again, I, I don't know why I did it. Um, kind of because I told you to. I'm, yeah. like, I'm gonna watch Quantum. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I yeah, I couldn't be outdone. Uh, but yeah, that that could not exist for all intents and purposes. You could you could skip that movie altogether, and it's, it wouldn't ruin a thing. I, I kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too apologetic for it. Like, I don't mind it. I gotta go back and watch it. I don't remember. It See, I, I remember liking it okay but i think it was a thing where casino royale just blew my mind yeah. and i was so on board with this whole new bond yeah. and so i didn't want it to suck it's funny how that roller coaster goes because quantum Salas, i was apologizing for and then skyfall came out i was like holy shit that was awesome that might be my favorite one and then i was really disappointed the first time i watched Spectre. I, I came out just kind of bummed, and and I absolutely agree. Is the expectations going into it will uh, will taint your overall idea? Yeah, I feel like part of me because this is my second time seeing it. We talked about this too, where I felt weird about it. I was like, I don't know. I just left not feeling satisfied, and I feel like watching it a second time, I got a beat on what was bothering me, and it said. I felt like they were busy trying to hit hit all the James Bond notes mm -hmm. instead of creating great movies, right? Like the first one, Casino Royale, it's just like we he's a spy, he's an after this dude, there's all this stuff happening, he goes undercover, and it's a great film. They don't feel obligated to hit the Bond notes. They do throughout the film, but in this one, yeah, in this one, it's like they went out of the way to hit all of the James Bond notes. Like he's got the suit. He's got. He's got to do the weird opening. There's got to be a girl he sleeps with at some point after he shot a dude who doesn't ever come back up in the story. Right. I mean, like it's just a weird. There's just all these weird, and then everything just falls into place without really any explanation as to why it's falling into place or what's motivating him. It's it's almost like they were rushing to fill the Bond experience with all of Craig's movies because. Uh, Skyfall kind of started to head in the direction of, oh, yeah. of uh, satisfying all the money comes, money penny comes back, and there's Q right. again. They, they introduce Q, and it's like it's a reboot, so we have to get all of these classic Bond elements into it. And yeah, they're just really going too hard with it. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, this it one. felt a little distracting at certain point. I mean. And I love Q. I love seeing him on screen. Oh, okay. oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. And they they nailed the dynamic between yeah. them. I think he has the best chemistry. So that was like for me the second time watching it through. I enjoyed it more because I feel like I forgave all the things that I was upset about. But at the same time, I was like, oh, this is what it was. It was that they're trying really hard. Mm -hmm. 
to, to prove that this is James Bond, which also made me go, this might be his last one. I also fed into the whole idea. Why else would you try so hard to be like, this is the Bondiest Bond, right? unless it was his last movie. It's almost like a theme park ride. <laughs> yeah, it really like, was. It, all the, it, it wants to be all the Connery Bonds. So it's like the Doctor No, the Russia with Love thing, and the Goldfinger, and the Evil Live Twice. Sort of, you know, all these ideas are kind of thrown in that. Well, and, and a thing about the whole reboot, uh, Casino Royale was the best adaptation of a book to a movie. I mean, it's very spot on for the most part. And the way that they handled it as a modern story as opposed to like post-World War II yeah. where all the, yeah. the books are set was really great. And so what they're doing is is really taking the the whole storyline of the books and they're just kind of cramming it down into a, a condensed version of the entire Bond story. One of the big parts of which is he decides to quit. Blofeld kills his wife and loses it at that point. And it's just kind of a last, a last hurrah for Bond. So it looks like where they're going with it. So I watched all the other three movies yesterday yeah. and a bit of today. It's very up and down, the emotional journey. Like, he kind of quits for Vesper. Yeah. But then she betrays him. And so he comes back. And, like, the second one, he kind of reinforces his duty. And the third one, M dies. So he's like, you know what? She believes in me as an agent. I'm just going to, like, buckle down and be the best secret agent for Britain that I can be. And this one, he quits again at the end. Which I feel is kind of like a. a well, you just kind of negated Skyfall slightly. Yeah. Unless whatever you do in the fifth one, I agree. I totally I felt that. I felt the same way about that. Where Skyfall, it almost ends. But I guess the explanation is that really, I'm put him on one last mission. Is actually this: I'm going to see this through, and if I live or if I die, whatever happens, at least I will have accomplished her last task with me. Right, which which is good because uh, it's like the whole time you're you're wondering how it is that he still has a job. Because he's the worst employee ever. <laughs> you that video? He's so smart. No, there's a, a supercut video of everybody chastising Bond. And pay attention, 007. Like, 007, do as I say. Like, don't do like, M and Q riding his ass the whole time. It, it's a great thing, this like, uh, dynamic of him being kind of like a petulant child throughout yeah. everything. But uh, even at the top of this movie, where, uh, where M is looking at him like, I've got a lot of explaining to do, and he's like, "Yeah, it sounds like you're gonna have a rough day." Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. Because yeah. of you, man. <laughs> yeah, with that British stoicism, yeah, where I, they're like, oh, God, "I know you're dismissed." Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm basically uh, ruining everything for the rest of the service, doing my own thing, and I don't care about it. It's a good thing they were compromised, though. <laughs> yeah, because then Bond, Bond would be wrong. Good about that. And then you're right. That's a really funny point. Otherwise, he'd just be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I feel like he goes rogue a lot. You know, like, oh, you got to revoke 007's passports or credit cards or whatever. And this one, they kind of know what he's up to. They keep looking at him like, Bond, whatever you're up to, don't do it. And he was like, ah, oh, I hate you so much, Bond. <laughs> I know you're lying to my face. Oh, God, you're right. It's such a fun. I really enjoy the dynamic. That's right. They really do have the best chemistry. Yeah, although I, I did notice uh, this time around, uh, there's a fallacy. Like, the line is great where Q, uh, and, and I love that whole scene because Q 
knows that he's going to put the tracking. Uh, the smart blood. The smart blood. Yeah. Once again, they're injecting Bond with a way to track him. Yeah. Uh, which just seems to be a thing with Greg. Kind of stick it to him, and he's just enjoying it the whole time. But he he says uh, they they reference the Aston Martin. And he says, "I believe I told you to bring it in, bring it back in one piece." And he never said that in in relation to the car at all. Yeah. The car just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like the car that he gets out of storage in Skyfall. Yeah, in Skyfall, <laughs> he just he's just like uh, we need one, we need something, and takes him to some random garage where. Sean Connery's Aston Martin is hanging out. And like, uh, Q did say he wanted him to bring like the gun that read his palm and oh, yeah, the tracking yeah. device back in one piece, which I believe he did. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a continuity error, but a good line. I agree with you. Yeah, but I, uh, I actually found that entire scene to be really funny because he's like, oh, there's one more thing I have to give you. And then he shows him the car and be like, yeah, that was for you. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so good. And you can tell that they're friends because Bond just shows up the next day and steals it. Like, yeah. I know this is, I'm still going to take it and I can do anything about it. Yeah. I feel like uh, Q and... The other guy, who I think his name is Tanner or something, you know, like M's. I was trying to think of who he, what think his name Tanner. was too. Because he's in all the previous Craig ones except for Casino. But I feel like they hang out and just talk about Bond all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thinking as we were talking about this, that maybe that's the whole point of this film. This, uh, this particular film is that uh, Bond is trying to get fired. <laughs> like he wants out but no one will fire him so he's like I'm just gonna do whatever the hell I want I, I'm done I'm done answering you ever had, you ever had that employee or a co-worker oh, who yeah. just stopped liking the job and refused to didn't he's, have the heart to quit himself so he just whatever he so he's, he's, doing. he's trying to get unemployment that's the, that's the thing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. So he goes back to London uh, he's like oh yeah don't worry about it I'm, I'm gonna behave and Money Penny's like, no, you're not going to be Dave. What's yeah, up we with all you? know you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I've got this video of M ready to go. One push of a button once you come over. <laughs> yeah, one one thing about that scene that, uh, that stood out to me this time was the fact that, like, you know, he has Money Penny come over and uh, he's offering her a drink and. You know, he's kind of joking about how they're just going to hook up or whatever, because that's what he would do. But but I kind of wondered more if he really had some expectations in that, because she leaves. There's this scene of him creepily watching her walk down the street from the window oh, over yeah, his yeah, shoulder. Yeah. And then it cuts directly to him in a rope sitting <laughs> on the couch. And it's like, did they just infer that? Probably not. He took I missed that. Shower. That's so funny. I totally missed that. I just I remember that it came to him because my thing was like I, I cut I cut him in the rope and then he just coincidentally is going through some old files that include his adoption paperwork and I'm like this is yeah. way too convenient. Yeah. Yeah. You the first time I thought I was with no idea what the storyline was about. I was like, really, dude, you're gonna have a photo suddenly a photo of you as a kid appears yeah. like, with the other kid's head perfectly burned out in the right? picture. <laughs> It's a good thing too because we see the picture later on, and it's pretty oh, shitty Photoshop. Really <laughs> shitty Photoshop. Good. That's the one thing about these Bond movies, like the CG that they use is kind of suspect. Yeah, I feel like there was this one scene where they were 
when he's being chased through the I'm skipping ahead but yeah they like cut to the he's being there's a car chasing him and they cut to the villain in the back of the car and I'm like that's obviously CGI this is really terrible really bad CGI but hey uh, it was a nice car chasing yeah I feel like they want to do all the stunts like legit because it's a Bond movie you gotta have cars doing corkscrew jumps or whatever but they don't want to endanger the actors ever because of insurance purposes so they just CG their heads onto stunt Stunt bodies. Yeah. Because I think it's Skyfall. He's like on the motorcycle uh, driving across the top of a roof. It's like, oh, that is not your real body. They're driving across the top of the Grand Bazaar, which which is amazing. Like, that's so awesome. I was was really hoping in this one you would be doing something really irreverently, like an old feature of Rome or... Or uh, something along those lines, but a landmark of sorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah the which is seen through from is beautiful. It's yeah. like a cool, it's like a gorgeous. Oh scene, yeah, but. yeah. No, it's awesome. But uh, it, what I was impressed with watching it this time was that there is nobody out on the streets of Rome, <laughs> yeah. and, and I've been to Rome, and there is no point in the night. Where you don't see at least one pedestrian, they're all over the place. Even the metropolitan like, city of Rome. <laughs> in fact, the only traffic that they come across, there's uh, two cars, a uh, street sweeper, and it's like, and a dude, including the little dude in the little old dude. Yeah, in the blue I'm car. including his car. There's <laughs> another car that they had to veer out. Oh, the truck that blocked off the going for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah, that as well. And, and and they're also driving what would be like the the most gigantic vehicles in all of Rome. Oh those, yeah, that was those really cars are huge for for Italy streets. There was some of those streets when he was going through. I'm like, that Lamborghini would not fit through that fucking alleyway. <laughs> yeah. There's no goddamn way. Uh, I really liked the touch with the the old guy in the car. Like I just kind of wish that that had been something that was part of it all along. That kind of Indiana Jones quick aside gag thing that happens all the, all the time in the indie movies like that would be great if they if that had been a staple um now including it seems a little weird yeah it was very it was very <laughs> more bond i feel like yeah like roger moore style like yeah yeah it's no. a bystander gets waylaid by james bond's antics exactly yeah um i was gonna say uh we're, we skip, I think we skipped past the whole subplot of the story, which is about, I guess, Oprah information, the spy agencies. Oh, like, yeah. Info. I, do you guys watch the remake of Sherlock? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With, uh, so this is one of the issues I have with this movie, because the guy that they picked to play the lead of the new intelligence agency Andrews. plays Moriarty in the remake. And he's fantastic. Oh, he's a great oh, yeah, actor. Good. But the minute he showed up on screen, I was like, that's your villain. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Both times, the first time I saw it, I was like, that guy's a villain. That guy is involved in this plot somehow. Uh, that guy is probably incapable of playing anything but an antagonist. <laughs> he's, he's got one of those looks. He's going to be typecast. Yeah. And he's so good at it that, like, he would be, he would be wasted as a, like, romantic lead or something. There's even one point where he just kind of, like, glares slightly menacing at M. Like, nothing sinister has happened quite yet. He's just revealed that he listens to everybody. But he still, like, tilts his head down and his eyes are up. And just like, hmm, I know things. Oh, oh, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. <laughs> it, it's, it's way too bad that he didn't have a bigger part. 
I think. Oh, so because, that was also disappointing because I'm like, if you're gonna make him the villain, make him the villain. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about this movie is that you've got two fantastic actors playing the the two main villains in the picture, and neither one of them really pulls it off. It's like it's a two and a half hour movie. How is it that the villains don't steal part of the show, but they don't? It's like he he just didn't have enough to do with the storyline. They they could have taken way more advantage of him. I feel like what they were really trying to do with this film was uh, study that aspect of sometimes people trying to do good will get embedded with evil, and eventually they don't realize that they've corrupted their personal goals. And maybe that's why the two of them never interact with one another. But at the same time, I feel like it would have been it's a Bond movie. Yeah, your Bond your villains have to get together. Well, isn't that part of his thing? Like, he doesn't ever... Like, he influences things since he's the head of the octopus, Christoph Waltz's. Yeah. Where he like, he just... He never directly gets involved. He's like a voyeur of information and then controls it. it yeah, it, it, it affords him the ability to uh, uh, take credit for everything that's happened in the other movies, <laughs> which was uh, one of the more sinister things that he accomplished during the movie. Uh yeah, what happened in the other movies? That's really yeah. funny. Yeah, uh, like until he he got his scar, he was not doing it at all. It's like Christoph Waltz's like kind of goofy persona uh, was a lot more sinister when he was dressed in an SS uniform than when he's dressed like somebody from the future. Yeah. Like, he just was not menacing at all until the scar, but then he still didn't really do anything. Uh, like the scariest thing that he did was when they walked into the uh, room with the meteor. And it's a dark <laughs> room, and he says, "Touch it. You can touch it if you want to." <laughs> yeah. like, that's the scariest thing Blofeld did the yeah. entire time. Was uh, you know basically harass yeah. like, molestation <laughs> joke. I feel like he just didn't have. Like the Christoph Waltz that we know and love, he doesn't have the Tarantino dialogue behind him. He's still a good actor, obviously. Yeah. But it's just like you're expecting that sort of crazy, you know, little scenery. We all, I agree with you. I think that's part of the problem. He didn't have the Tarantino dialogue, which makes it kind of crazier than it was in the film. He definitely pulls off a subtle psychopath, yeah. like a. Of like a, a, such a high functioning psychopath that you realize that he was way more intelligent than he's letting on, and maybe the whole point is that they're setting up for another film where he comes back and has a full role in what is really going on instead of this subtle like I'm just manipulating the intelligence agencies in the world. I, I certainly hope so. I, I hope that this is this is a uh, this is a, a slow underarm softball pitch so they can knock it out with the next one. But it's like everything he did in this movie was ineffectual. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that needle chair that he, he hooks Bond up to, I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. It's like, oh my God, so I have the whole thing about that. Because this is what I agree with you on this. So he sends the big assassin dude to kill them on the train. Yeah. yeah. They eliminate him, get off the train, and then he's like, why don't you come visit me for dinner then? Like, it was just like a silly turn of events. Then he puts him in that suicide chair. And this is one of my favorite things about Bond movies is uh, how fortunate for James Bond that the failsafe on a torture chair is to release the victim <laughs> yeah. upon an issue. <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's fantastic. <laughs> Somehow I didn't pick up on that at all. That's great. It just immediately dumped yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's how that works. Well, <laughs> that was kind of a theme throughout the movie. Like later when when uh, when he's captured, he he just rips open zip tie. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like it was made of cellophane. Like Do you know maybe. how he did that? Because he's James Bond. Yeah, that's right. I, I forgot. Of course he did. He's James Bond. But was his armless? A lot of shoulder work. <laughs> I mean, like that needle machine uh, was supposed to mess with his hearing, his sight, and his balance, uh, as well as make it to where he couldn't identify faces. And it did neither of them. He's like, he, he could still recognize everyone. And as soon as he got out of that chair, he brilliantly murdered about 20 men. So, okay, this, I, uh, first time I saw it, I was singing that too, and I'm like, that's silly. Then the second time I realized everyone keeps calling him an assassin, which he is, right? This guy's been trained right. to use weaponry extremely. So that scene was realistic to me because I'm like, yeah, if you are a henchman, you're just a dude who works for a security company. You probably have experience in the military. But you're not a dude who knows exactly how a weapon works, how to use it to execute people rapidly and then get the fuck away. I'm going to give him that scene. My problem is with him being able to just fly any plane. I'm like, okay, you're going a little too on the weird, like if James Bond apparently can do anything side of it. Um, I, I also want to posit, and I hope they really do this in the next movie, that that needle was effectual. And somehow at the top of the next movie, he doesn't recognize her. He's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. I, I've been that, lying this whole time. That did that did occur to me. That would be pretty cool. Like he could have maybe smelled those her or or, or, <laughs> or, or or there's yeah the fact that she talked to him from about six inches away, so he didn't need to recognize. It's like so in the fifth Bond film, like he's he's having sex with all the wrong women <laughs> throughout throughout the movie. Like he's he's got no. Uh, he's sitting on the queen. Yeah. Everyone's like, "What are you doing, he's, bud?" He's, he's got no gauge for it anymore. Which in in this one, I thought it was really cool when uh, he uh, goes to visit the widow of the assassin that he killed in the beginning. It's like, and you know, uh, he pretty much just leaves her to die. Uh, no, he says, "Call my friend Felix, Jeffrey Wright. We'll take care of you." Yeah, which I, you know, I it was nice that he name dropped Felix. I, I would have liked to have seen Felix appear yeah, somewhere. Like um, but uh, no, no, I mean, like, is Felix? Felix just happened to be in Italy at the time. Well, he's or? like, contact the embassy; they'll like keep you safe. But, but I was then, thinking, well, the embassy is probably also compromised by Spectre in the first place. Yeah. Right, she's probably still gonna die. And he also slept with her, which is almost like an automatic death sentence. Exactly. Yeah, you've got bonds. Uh, I, well, I thought it was really cool that as like a a, a last like a, a death wish kind of thing, he threw a bone to an older lady. Yeah. Yeah. You know? She was she was the first one I can think of in all the movies. It wasn't. I mean, it was the same Below, age as him? Yeah. yeah. Under, <laughs> under 35. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Uh, God. I don't know how old Although they, they, they did do it on a mirror. So he was probably able to look at himself the whole time. So maybe it wasn't as altruistic as it seemed. <laughs> oh, I was going to throw a couple things in about the uh, Blofeld's lair with like, the torture chair. He does say, if. The needle finds the thing. Right. Like, okay, he said, if, I guess. Which would be about impossible, because you can see how much Bond can still react yeah. to the... Like, his head's moving yeah. all over the place. He's like, 
if that's a really precise thing, then there's no way this works. I feel like that's where the movie starts to really go down a little bit. Yeah, once he gets in the needle chair. Yeah, also, well, like the compound itself. Like, this is a horrifying amount of solar panels for uh, a secret hideout that is filled with jet fuel. Yeah. Also, that scene in the compound where he walks into the, I guess, the basement where they're all the people are monitoring. These guys in the middle of the desert, how are you getting that much water out there for, for like, 200 henchmen who are watching screens all day? Well, that, that actually maybe explains the jet fuel. I mean, they have to refuel the jet that's bringing in provisions around the clock. <laughs> that's why you got to watch Clubs of Osamas, where they steal the water. They steal all the water in Bolivia so he can have a lush green lawn in his crater <laughs> layer inspector. Uh, it all comes together. Yeah, yeah, no. Very well done. One, one thing about watching Quantum, again, was like the fact that they they felt it was necessary to uh to go ahead and spoil the fact that the the base was going to blow up oh yeah they, like the guards have have that that little bit of dialogue yeah. of like uh, the fuel cells yeah the fuel cells wow that that seems unstable it's like <laughs> you don't you don't have to forecast that it's a bond movie we know everything is going to explode uh it's talking about the bond women that you sleep with um, the scene where he goes and picks up our our, our heroine for this film, or the lady he's gonna walk it off to the sunset with. Um, first, I I will give them this. That apparently, rich people have all these amazing places they can fly off to to feel better about themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and I appreciate the Bond takes us to those places. And when he gets to that, I guess they're in the Swiss Alps or somewhere in the mountains, Austria, Austria. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I was in Austria. Yeah. So he gets up there, and the first thing he does is say. How does a doctor like you with all of these credentials uh, end up here? You're obviously running for something. something. It's like, and then she goes, oh, you left this question unanswered. What do you do for a living? I kill people. And then she doesn't panic. Like, yeah, I'm running from something. Oh, you're a murderer? And you came all the way out here to find me? Cool. In, in fact, after she tells him to leave, she's like, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And then I'm, <laughs> and then I'm calling security. I'm going to I'm gonna have a bunch of... of uh, low rent security guards come and take care of the assassin. Like like that would like that would scare them. Yeah. I like how they did know their place. That moment where you like gut punches the one, knocks the other one down, then tells the other one like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh you're right. I'm just a, yeah. I'm just a clinic security guard. Yeah, like a like a bad aspect. Uh, that was a good moment. I get free probiotic Micro shakes or whatever—it's not worth it. And if, if I could say, like, uh, the, the assassin thing has come up again, and that was something I want to talk about—is that uh, I love the awareness of that part of of the Bond character in these movies, you know, kind of a thing. No like everyone calls him a secret agent, right? Or a spy. It's a hired assassin or a killer. Oh, yeah. one little note: so many sunglasses in this movie. <laughs> We've got them in Italy and in the Alps and in Tunisia. Uh, only in London is no one wearing sunglasses. That makes, would be unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Foggy old London. Yeah. I will say you're right about that scene from the from the torture chair on is when it does get weird. They go yeah. back to London, he meets up with his small crew of fellow spies. Where is everybody else, by the way? They've got a whole office building of spies. Uh, they've, they've, they've all been uh, fired. Where's that little <laughs> nine? 
Where's that dude? He's not worth anything. Yeah. yeah, number nine, he doesn't appear at all, which is great. Um, yeah, like when when they get back to London, um, they get waylaid on the way to go and talk to C. We come back to C. Yeah, yeah, we are. Because uh, there's a whole bunch, whole bunch to do with C. Uh, but uh, when they're on their way to the uh, the building that like somebody thought like uh, I could improve upon the design of the Guggenheim Museum, <laughs> like the one thing it's missing is the occasional stare of the circular <laughs> rampway. Uh, but they get they get hit by that van, and then uh, you know Bond is is captured. They put a, a hood over his face, and he's you know ineffectually zip tied. Um, of course, he dispatches them as soon as they're out of the van, and then walks into the the old building where James Bond is written on the wall of everyone who's died serving the country, you know, which is chilling. And then yeah. comes in and he sees all the the arrows, the target oh, yeah. shooting the, uh, shooting practice dummies with his face on it pop yeah. out. And all this, of all the main cast for the previous movie. Yeah, yeah, all this creepy stuff that, like, I was thinking, like, well, what if he didn't kill the henchmen that were bringing him in? Like, they'd be pissed. Like, at first, they'd be like, be like, oh, he, he wrote James Bond in red on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, so got this hood over his head. Yeah, it's so. like, good one, boss. <laughs> and then and then they come in, and they see all the targets, and like, what? He, he specifically told us to put a hood over his head. And <laughs> son of a bitch, he expected him to murder us. <laughs> yeah. We were sent on a suicide mission. This is a cool... Oh my god, I didn't even think about it that way. I just, I, that whole scene cracked me up because I'm like, man, he had a lot of time to make a, like, set up a nice little ambiance thing well, yeah. for Bond's arrival. Yeah, that's the thing, like, he, he escapes death. Uh, Which I will say, I did appreciate, I don't know if you caught this in the helicopter scene, you could see the car driving away from the base. <laughs> oh, and yeah, so, yeah, Both yeah. times I saw it, I, I was like, well played. Well, he's like, yeah. it's not over yet. Because okay, you knows. know, like you see the base explode and then the villain just appears, and you're like, "What the fuck?" At the, in this one, you can when they're the helicopter's pulling out the turning, you can see two cars, two black cars, driving off from the blow, uh, burning base. And I'm like, "That's obviously a, a villain." I did not work. catch that little little bit, which is a, a nice little detail that they threw in. I've got something to say about this shootout at the villain base, which I feel uh, I feel like it's a throwback to old Bonds, where he's kind of just plodding along. Slowly walking, looking at his girl every now and then. Like, oh, I'm gonna look at you. Okay, no, I'm gonna shoot these guys. But all the villains are just like in the open. All the henchmen. He's just shooting them. It feels like an old Bond, but it feels so out of place. Like, yeah, he just really threw that in at the last minute. That was, that was where, like, we wanted to establish, like, at that point, it, it was like everyone was just going through the motions of a Bond movie at that point. And, and that, that plotting motion that everyone is making in that scene really sells that whole feeling. <laughs> They've all got their like legs spread apart. In, like I, a terrible combat stance. I did. I did like the fact. I don't know if it was saying something about this whole joke about real men don't look at explosions, but <laughs> but like he says, let's go home, and then they both turn around and watch the entire space <laughs> explode. And there's something about that that just really registered yeah, like well with me. I don't know. Oh god, I like this a lot. I wanna know, what do you guys think about Dave Bautista, the uh, the henchman? I thought he was a great, like, Mr. Uh, Binks, I believe. kind of odd job ripoff. 
Yeah, I thought he was alright. Uh, it was it's kind of strange how he how he got his his job. Like, yeah. Oh, I just wrote that down. Walking in to murder the other assassin. Like, you'd think that would be frowned upon within within uh, Spectre. And he's just like, this is actually a problem I have with all these like spy movies. Is that especially like uh, you ever see the Jackal with uh, Bruce Willis? Yeah. This is the thing that a lot of these people do is like they will find this guy with a specialty, and they're like, I need you to make me a weapon. And the guy makes a weapon, and then they kill the dude. I'm like, but there's like three of those dudes in the world. You yeah. just go around executing them when they're done with your work. You might need him in a month. You yeah, when they kill Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's the same way I felt about this scene, where he like this this dude's obviously a well-respected assassin in the organization. If you want to give our odd job rip off the job, don't have him execute a dude who probably has value in other ways. Yeah. Well, I figured this one out. So he like he's like, oh, uh, all of Skiar's things are outstanding. Will you fly to Austria and like take care of this? And the guy's like, "Yes, I will." There'll be no more like amateurs. Things will be done. And he like he like brings this guy over because he's Blofeld still in the shadows. He's like blah 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 blah. And that guy tells the other guy, uh, the African guy who's like talking, who's like holding the meeting. Yeah. It's like, oh, come over here. And he says, challenge him. And so he goes, oh, does anybody challenge uh, Monsieur for? Uh, Skiar's responsibilities, and that's when he walks in. So I feel like he's got this weird system. He's like, you know what? I don't like this guy. Does anybody want to like challenge this guy for his power and position? Huh? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know he said. Very quiet. But I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he just said challenge him. I, th- I heard to challenge him too, but I didn't. I it still doesn't make sense to me. Like, why did I just be like, you know what? We don't like you. We're gonna have somebody else do this. It, it is. It is a show of uh, of authority. Yeah. Well, it's like, also like which, the Doctor Evil thing where he yeah kills Will Ferrell or tries to like yeah or kills the guy next to him or something. I, I guess in which is a lampoon of uh, of Blood, the yeah. yeah the Connery. So it's uh, it's founded. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the other guy kind of looked like a tool. Yeah, so, he, he called everybody else amateurs. He's like, you know what, what? fuck you. I'm going to get this other guy with metal fingertips, or thumbnails, metal thumbnails. That was, his, that was right. his odd job throwback with yeah. his metal thumbnails. So at the end of the movie where um, M is fixing up with C, <laughs> he pulls out, C pulls out a gun and points at him, and he's like, now we know what M stands for, moron. And then he pulls it, it clicks, and then the best comeback <laughs> that M has is, apparently C stands for careless. I was like, God, no. Oh, I, I know, I know. So no, that's, that's, it's like, when, when Bond first decides to call him C, which, did, have you figured that out yet? Yes. Okay. I want to hear this explanation because I, I, you did figure this out because I, I didn't know. I forgot so. to be on my guard this time around, and like through working it and everything, I have not figured out why he jumped to calling him C. The like the first time, I thought, all right, that's a kind of joke, right? And it is, and it's great, but they and, let it hang. They yeah, don't. and they don't, and yeah, then it comes to that point, and you're like, oh, here we go, and it could have just could have just left it again, and yeah, careless. Such a bad life. It's such a cop out. Such a cop out. You know. So is that you know, Fines, Ralph Fiennes had to be 
had to be really grossed out to be delivering that line. Yeah. Like, how could you even see on his face where he's it. like, this is the best I get to do? I say this line? I mean, I, he's a consummate professional, so he pulled it off. But inside, he had to be like, ah, oh, this is lame. We should have just made this way. I stand on your own. And it's, You're it's, 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 it's aggressively. Like, like everyone in the audience would be like, it's the British. They use cunt a lot. It's okay. He's a Ronnie O'Connor. Yeah. So what? Why is he called so? I'm pretty sure it stands for chief, as in like section chief or oh, chief okay. of intelligence. Because there are two things that lead me to believe this. In the cold open to Casino Royale, when he gets his double O status, he kills the section chief. It's very much in that office. It's kind of like the same thing where he takes his gun. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I got yeah. All your bullets. Like, ha I got you. The M does the same thing. And then also, that's then a cool callback. See, to, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, I recognize the scenario, but you put that extra little bit of information on it. And yeah. Uh, and then he also calls him, like, oh, uh, the recently deceased head of Spectre, Ernst Stavro Bofo, and your new best friend. Oh, and his chief of intelligence, your new best friend, uh, C. So I Which, think it stands for chief. I, I liked how fast C spread through the office because it's like Bond just, you know, flipping around. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to call you C from now on. And then next time, what's his name? The, Tanner. Tanner, Tanner. I got to look that up. Just yeah. Sure, but. Yeah, let's not, let's not have that around for the podcast. Give him full credit. But, uh, like, the next i seen not long after that, he's just referring to C, like they've I'll all see. been calling him C <laughs> around the office. Like, C's new dicks. Oh, good. Like some money penny overheard the exchange from the other room and sent out an email like, hey, everybody, it's official. We're calling him C. There's <laughs> one other thing that really bugged me is he's uh, shooting at flying objects. <laughs> Batista's gun, where they apparently shoots cannon bullets oh, <laughs> in his giant holes in the side of the plane, and then the yeah, end bond is just takes out a like, helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> on on would look like a on a, boat, on a motorboat with a pistol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the odds are so oh, stacked against that. So it's a uh, Rory Kinnear plays Tanner. Tanner, who's this M's go-to guy? Yeah, uh, but that that yeah that pistol that Batista has. It's a like a double-barreled forty-five handgun, which probably wouldn't shoot holes in a plane. Maybe depends what the plane's made out of. But but it would probably uh, rip off the arm of anyone other than Batista yeah. when firing it. Uh, that that was the thing. Um, speaking of the guns firing, uh, there's a whole scene on the train before their their fight on the train where he's. He's showing her how the gun works, and and then he says, uh, "We'll skip hand to hand," which is based completely on her having murdered a man while she was a child with a gun. Uh, yeah. But then, uh, so we've seen the gun. The gun has a full clip, and then she fires it twice, and it's out of bullets. Well, he fires it over his head. That was a weird scene because oh, Batista yeah. runs in and. Bond pulls the gun, but he pushes it up, and Bond pulls oh, that's the trigger right. like four times. Four times. Yeah. But but that I was. I didn't count the exact number, but he pulls it a couple times. But and that's... I'm like, this dude's an assassin. There's a dude for me emptying bullets as soon as it's out of the way. That was a yeah. weird thing for me. He kind of does what Bond does to everybody else, where he uses mo- his like their momentum. Like I'm gonna like jujitsu this guy really quick, and yeah. he's gonna shoot his gun. I'm gonna use momentum to like shoot other people. 
good. Like he gets it up on him where he like starts shooting. Also, the they destroy this entire dining car. No one says anything. Yeah, they don't. Like, they don't get people shit. hanging out in that dining car. Oh, yeah. No one comes Nobody. to his aid. No one's like, "Look, he's getting his ass beat." There is they one they toss, in they the toss, back out of focus. It was like, "Oh no, cowering kind of in the corner." Oh, really? <laughs> Very like out of focus. And he'll write a bad Yelp review for the <laughs> yeah. chain later. But yeah, no one was upset about the like at least three kegs that carried. Like there's kegs missing and they destroyed half of a wall. Yeah. Oh, at least the walls. So I was trying to keep track of the wall destruction because uh, Craig has a thing for walls, oh. and uh, I I lost I lost track around five I think. <laughs> he 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 tackles Batista through one and uh, he took a wingless plane through the wall of a, a barn. It's just all over the place. Who's picking up this tab? The British people, I guess. Yeah. I think that's why they're so pissed at him all the time. Like, Bond? What the hell did you do? This costs money. Uh, I want to touch on the We've been trying to fix up Hadrian's wall for years. And we, we can't get around to it because we're picking up your tab. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, he, so he believes that she has no weapons training whatsoever. He's like, I want to teach you about this gun. He gives her a loaded gun with one in the chamber, right? Because she like ejects the clip. She and does. It and yeah. The bullet flies out. Like, dude, you just gave that woman a loaded gun. You didn't think knew what the hell was going on. You've been shot by a woman before that you trusted. She's funny, Penny. She's not ball. exactly the biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed made no sense to me at all. Because I'm like, that doesn't even prove she really knows how to use a gun, right? Like, she just knows how to take a clip out yeah. and make sure it's not loaded. And she said she doesn't like guns. So it makes sense that the only thing she knows how to do is make sure it's not loaded. That's true. That's a good point. And he's like, all right, you know what you're doing. No, no, it isn't no shit. <laughs> Nothing. Can we... The entire scene was done. And he pays for it later when she refuses to shoot anybody to help him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'd you worry about? Oh, no, I was going to say the, uh, the hotel room that her parents would go to all the time. Yeah, her dad Yeah, La America. Uh, they have a really screwed up view of what America is like in that country. <laughs> there was nothing about the decor of that entire hotel that said America to me at all. Did you notice like the poster in the back? Like, yeah. It says La America on it. Yeah, and it has like, like tiny travel poster. I, I don't even think people in America look like that in the twenties. So. I uh, I actually was wondering, did her dad own that hotel? Because who built a secret room in one of the rooms and no one notices? I think he owned the room. Oh, maybe it's like a timeshare. Yeah. <laughs> All the Spectre villains have rent that villa out. That's that's actually how Spectre got together. <laughs> he oh, he he started a timeshare thing. And, uh, <laughs> so we turned this into the world. He's like, I I, that. when people came to him, like, I really want to get out of this timeshare thing. I'm like, okay, but you have to join my evil secret society. <laughs> that brings me to a point about the the ring, like the specter ring that they get to oh, the yeah, Italian yeah. guy, and he gives the cue, and Q analyzes it on his laptop, which is crazy. But it's got everybody's DNA from the past yeah, three Bond that is, movies. That is dumbfounding. I want to see that scene, like watching all three of the Bond movies. Like all the villains are great, even the Quantum guy. I think is kind of cool. Yeah, he was. You want to see the other right. rings? Well, I want to see the scene of them exchanging the one ring or whatever at their secret meeting to get all their DNA. I thought they it. all had a ring. 
think so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Maybe they just all touched each other's rings. I don't want to get into this because it creeps me out a little bit. I'm just oh, kidding. I just want to see that scene of all, like, four of those actors. Who? What? Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, the French guy, Javier Bardem, and Christoph Waltz, like, hatching their evil plans and, like, yeah, it'll be a great webisode. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they didn't want to spend the money on on that. Like I, I have a feeling that for M's video, that they they tricked Judy Dench <laughs> into uh, just like they had her on Skype and they were like, "Hey, so uh, you know, just for old time's sake, we were kicking around. Like, how would you deliver this line?" And so she did it, and they're like, "Ah, we'll send you a check." And uh, that was that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole like getting everyone's DNA off of a ring, like, uh, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I don't think DNA works that way. It does like, say DNA match. It does. But, but it made me wonder, like, how complicated and gross is the secret handshake right? inspector? Yeah. You know? I, my problem is, like, the first time I saw it, I saw the DNA match. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. This time I was watching specifically to see if they didn't make it less crazy. And it looked like he was getting fingerprints on a thing. But then it said DNA match. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't understand how that works. And how do you know these guys are connected? Yeah. Maybe it's a trove of information. I, I really, the ring makes no sense. It's just fun. Make 100%. Unless maybe when they meet, the way they get into a meeting is they all take off the ring and throw it into a bowl, and then <laughs> on the way out they just pick up because they're all the same ring, so they just pick it's, up a ring at random. It's, yeah. it's it's also like it's a swinger party. Like you oh. you see you see whose ring you got. You're going home with them. Yeah. Oh, it's like is it your is it your secret layer or mine? Uh, <laughs> like every Bond villain is an exotic foreign man. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of like, but it's like one I white guess, dude would be nice. Yeah, I mean technically, I guess Christoph Waltz is white. He's from German. I can. The only Bond villain they can think of that's like an American, I believe, is Joe Don Baker in The Living Daylights. Which is just terrible. He's like some crazy general. Catches some plot, but then he comes back later in the Bronson ones as his oh, okay. CIA buddy. Christopher Walken. Oh, you're right. Doesn't get Touché. more American than Christopher Walken. Uh, I think. I, I don't know where his accent comes from, but it comes from no punctuation in his scripts. <laughs> Which, what a what a waste of a bond. Villain role that was for Christopher Walken. They should bring him back. Just yeah, no, that that would be great for old times. So. It's probably the best part of *A View to a Kill*. <laughs> One thing I want to touch on before we exit: uh, want to go over favorite Bond songs, and then also the favorite villains. Okay, maybe just from Craig's era or in general. I think I think, well, I think we go. Song. I think we go all time. Okay, all time. Um, and yeah, okay. So song first. Oh, you look at me. Uh, I'm gonna say Adele's Skyfall. <laughs> yeah, no, go with that one. It's a very good song. I I like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, That's a good one too. Theme. And then oh the yeah, the actual theme. Uh, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. Sorry, and they play back into it so well. Oh, I know, right? Um, as far as like a song song goes, probably the Nobody Does It Better is by Love Me One. Well, it's just like, which is a good song. Yeah, that's that's also good. I from the Craig ones is definitely a, a Dallas. 
Like I couldn't get enough of that. So yeah, I still listen to it. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome. And actually, the one from Spectre is growing on me. Just just from like like at first I was horrified. I was too. It threw me off. But like I've I've been working the movie a lot, so I just keep hearing it, and it's growing on me. There's to a point. It's like. One thing that sucks is that when it was still in speculation phase months ago, um, there there were some pretty cool rumors about who was going to do this song. And I don't know who this guy is, honestly. You, and, I, I feel like you wouldn't unless you like listening to like sad love songs constantly. Yeah. I, very popular on like Kiss Stations. Yeah. Okay. Kiss Stations. I could see that. that. That's actually a genre of stations. He's got that... <laughs> Oh, you meant like the Kiss FM station? Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Like almost every city has one. Most of them are actually called Kiss. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Goldfinger. Ooh, that's a classic. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's kind of like like how Connery set the stage for for Bond. That set the stage for Bond songs. Yeah, and, uh, grassy. Yeah, soulful. No, like every time that ends up in a pre-show or something, I can't get enough of it. Um, what right. favorite villain? Favorite villain. Who you got? Who do I have? Craig um, and Alton. Craig's like their own little capsule of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll do that for each category. Um, I'll go with uh, all time. Probably Terry Savalas is profile. Yeah. Terry Savalas was a badass. And, yeah. They um, played him in the clip at the beginning of the in the preview. It was pretty good. He he's uh, he's the gold standard for for Blofeld, I feel. Um just sounded a weird way that he was holding a cigarette <laughs> yeah. the whole time and with all of his hand, which is completely unnecessary. But, um and then from Craig, uh, I think Lashif. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, uh, because I feel like you got more depth out of him. Uh, I mean, Harvey Bardem's was was awesome. No one chance on that. That's somebody else's pick. Uh, that was mine. I thought he was the craziest. I enjoyed him the most. He, you know, he was awesome. <clears throat> But he, I felt like he also, it also got a little silly. Yeah, he was a little silly. Whereas, but that's how I imagine an actual psychopath being. You know what I mean? Like just a little bit of a, you just can't put your finger on the personality at all. Yeah, no, and, 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 I, and I, I do really like that. It's just something about the sheep going back and watching Casino Royale again. He is fun. He's, he's like, quick. You can't, I'm not going to take that He's egotistical, like he's the banker from Spectre, I guess. Yeah. But he's like, well, I'm such a good poker player and good with like numbers and money uh, that I can, like, I can I go outside my bounds. Exactly. Yeah. Shit. Until James Bond stuff. But yeah, so that's yours. Um, for the Craig ones, I was gonna go with Javier Bardem because I feel like watching that, even like earlier today, like I get where he's coming from. Like, oh, he's crazy. He tried to commit suicide. With the cyanide capsule, which that it didn't work. Like that is that he, is one of like his his character was really damn compelling. Yeah, the the old he was definitely the coolest original character 
The chief was actually from the books. Yeah. But, but, yeah. But, like, a Bond villain's supposed to choose scenery a little bit. I yeah. feel like. Uh, it's just so crazy. Like, he makes all these little sound effects, like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, put the rocks into the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> like, two strong secret missions as I do. You guys are changing my mind. Okay. I, I messed up. <laughs> guys, I have got to pee. We gotta call this one. Favorite villain. <laughs> I, I agree about that. I agree about that one. Okay. I do like the I, I feel like you, because you get to really know his character. Like uh, by the end of that movie, I was like, I get that villain. Yeah. But as far as psychopaths go, And and he's he's the guy who I've enjoyed watch torture another man's genitals. <laughs> yeah. He's a handsome Danish man. Like favorite Bond movie. Uh, it's gonna roll out. Definitely. Same. It's just so much fun. And I, oh yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, uh, I had gone back on that uh, since, since, since Skyfall the came out. The casino thing is a little slow, but the rest of the week. At least it's not back right. Yeah, for real. Since Skyfall, <laughs> since Skyfall came out, I thought it had been replaced with Skyfall because I enjoyed it so much. And my wife doesn't really like to watch things more than once. And with Netflix these days, it's like, why are you watching anything? twice ever <laughs> like that's why i love working here you get a chance to watch movies over and over again like i always did doing homework for this the best homework ever watching casino royale again it's like no i was such an idiot casino royale is so good it's 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 the best one yeah all right all right guys this is a blast thank you so much for having yeah, me good luck maybe thanks man Appreciate you both. If you want to see a free movie with me again, let me know, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had already seen this one, so I think we owe you one. Oh, thanks. Y'all yeah, so yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Let me know what uh, you're really excited about. We'll have you back on. Hell yeah. All right. Good luck to you guys. Oh. Uh -huh.